BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So the psychological part that's going to piss somebody off, that's too nice of a guy to tell you he was pissed off, is you knew and you made me suffer anyway. You could have helped me. Now you're asking me to help you, and I'm not going to do it. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. You know, there is never a dull moment in combat sports. This weekend, Conor McGregor showed up at a boxing fight and laid out some ambitious plans. Plus, we have Sterling and O'Malley facing off at UFC 292 this coming weekend, and Ian Gary is a massive favorite over Neil Magny, according to DraftKings. And I'm not sure if I agree with that. Lots to get into today. But I want to begin with a big story that was grabbing the headlines last week. Hey, we got to back up to this Wonder Boy Michelle situation for, for multiple reasons. And none bigger than the fact that Dana White did a press conference and he got asked about this. The reason that's the biggest point. Guys, whether you like it or you don't like it, wherever you sit, we now have a level of clarity. And we've never had that. Nobody's ever been... Sit and asked about this, right? Like, like we, the audience, suspect goes, "Well, a guy missed weight," and then, and then we decide who we like more, and it turns into a popularity contest every time. Like, like nobody actually looks at the rules or bylaws. I've heard these arguments. I've been in these arguments. I've even read about them. Never once, personally or online, where I'm reading, has anybody ever stated what the rule is. Ever, they will just pick a side. I'm on Wonder Boy's side. I'm on Dana's side. I'm on Michelle's side. Just by example, it turns into a popularity contest of who they like more. Timeout, that's not how it works. And we've never really had clarity. And Dana gave us our greatest insight on how this is going to be viewed and what we can expect moving forward. And Dana even used history. He even cited examples that have been done in the past to show the consistency of the organization. But it's a big deal that you do understand the rules. Now, I, I have to tell you one right out of the gate. I've only been put in this spot personally one time. I had no idea what the rules were specifically. A rough idea how this works. Guy misses weight. Here's what's going to happen. Some jurisdictions, it was 10% of your purse. Some jurisdictions to this day, it's 20%. Some jurisdictions that take the 20% split it between the athlete and the athletic commission. I tell you that because most of you do not know that. You will hear all the time because announcers will tell you all the time, well, he got 20% of his purse. The announcer doesn't know the rules when he says that. Each state has different intricacies, and several states that take 20%, which is the larger side, nobody takes more than 20, a lot of them take 10. The ones that take 10 give the fighter, who's now at the disadvantage, meaning he made weight, 
the 10%. A lot of states that take 20, the commission keeps 10, gives the fighter 10. I only tell you that because nobody knows the rules or seems to care, including our announcers that come out all the time. Well, you got 20% of the purse. I'm not giving them a hard time. I'm sharing that there's an actual rule on this. And I think that the rule's a mistake. I think the rule needs to be changed. If, if, if we could change a couple of words within the rule, we could avoid this situation forever. So hear me out on this. When my opponent missed weight, they came to me to see what I want to do. Do you want to take the fight? You have the right to say no. If you do take the fight, you will get 10% of his purse. And I, I must tell you, they never disclosed to me what that purse was. I never knew what that 10% was. It had no factor. I didn't even think to ask the question. But what I'm sharing with you, I'm not sure I should have been asked the question. That's the part that I think we could change. I'm not sure anybody ever should have said to me, do you still want to do the match? I think it would have been more helpful for everybody, including me. If we just knew how it was going to be handled and the match kept going, right? There's never a conversation of what I want to do. I know going into this, if he misses weight, I get 10% of his purse. See you tomorrow night. The end. It's the onus and the question that turns in to the problem. In my opinion, right? Multiple opinions on this, but this is mine. So. Wonder Boy came out over the weekend and he stated that if he would have fought Michelle who had missed weight, it would be Darren Till all over again. Now, I thought that was a great point by Wonder Boy. If you're not going to learn from the mistakes of the past, what in the hell was the point of making the mistake? I mean, all of a sudden it's this beautiful thing and people put it on t-shirts and bumper stickers. I either win or I learn. Well, why was Wonder Boy not given that benefit? Why could Wonder Boy not take the experiences he had from the past and apply them to now? If he had a regret from the past and it is his option, they put the onus on him. So, I mean, I just share that in Wonder Boy's defense because had that not been the rule and had not been the wording and it was just known, if this guy misses weight, you get 10% and off we go. Wonder Boy never would have said no. He never would have spoken up. He never would have done anything. A number of guys, and just so you know why that rule is in there, a number of guys who are hurting so damn bad, look at their purse, which is small, for some of them, right? Dana referred to it as a short purse, but some of them, right, they're newer guys, they're a shorter purse, and they say, you know what, take the 10%, which is a nice way of saying, take $1,000, I'm going to get something to eat. So that's the reason that it is important and that it exists, the verbiage that you turn to the other guy. If the other guy has what Dana referred to as a long purse, I like these terms, so I'm using them now, short term, uh, short purse, long purse, right, for big or little. But if the other guy is a big one, he's probably going to suffer it out and not go get something to eat when it's 10%, right? His trip to McDonald's is going to cost him 25 grand. The other guy does the exact same trip to McDonald's, cost him a thousand bucks. So this is why some of these verbs in here, like it's not a mistake within the rules, it's very clearly and well thought out. I would just share for you, had that not been an option, had this been a known thing within our industry, Wonder Boy would have adhered to it. 
but it's not a known thing. It's not the situation. You win or you learn, Wonder Boy learned, and he didn't repeat the same thing. Wonder Boy's hands are clean, man. His hands are totally clean here. Now you go to the organization who is absolutely not wrong. They broke no rule or policy that they've ever told us. And you want to know something? They've never told us. I have never been more clear or given more information than the interview that Dana did. It was post Dana White Contender Series. Somebody's asking him questions about this. And Dana said, look, you, you can't show up, not fight, and then get paid your show money. Like that's, that, that's literally what show means, at least to me. Now, at the same time, you're one of our guys. This wasn't your fault any more than it was my fault. I would expect that you don't want to hurt me and some of these contracts that are so big would hurt me. But you can believe that I'm not wanting to hurt you either. So let's just sit down and kind of talk a little bit. You've got some expenses. You've got training camps. You've got some coaches. Let's do our best to be honest and come to a number and make this right. And at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rebook you. Like, nobody's getting punished. Nobody's ranking comes down. Wonder Boy isn't being held out on or they're not taking his phone calls. I mean, I'm just sharing for you. There's no punishment. The question becomes, well, what is the reward? What is the disciplinary action? There is a feel that Wonder Boy was punished and he did nothing wrong. And the only time that you can feel that way is with a juxtaposition to the other guy, which is Michelle. Michelle did do something wrong. And not only was he not punished in the least, he's not even being discussed. I'm not giving Michelle a hard time, by the way. Things happen. I'm okay with it. I'm not giving him a hard time. But I'm sharing with you, we shouldn't give Wonder Boy a hard time. And it does appear that he's the one that kind of took the brunt of this. Well, let's let it go. Let's chalk it up to we didn't know. But I feel like we do know now. I feel like Dana gave us some real clarity on this. Hey, look, you've heard in the past where I've covered guys' purses. Let me tell you the rest of that story. It was a short purse. They had expenses, they had training. I, I, I wanted to do that, and I could do that. That was reasonable. Other guys that have been around a long time, fought for multiple world championships, main event stars, like Wonder Boy. I don't even got to use Wonder Boy's name. But, but really, that's what a star is. I can call him Wonder Boy. You all know what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, I got to call Michelle Michelle. I can't call him by his nickname. You'd have no idea who I was talking about. I mean, Sheriff, Wonder Boy's a big deal. He's got a lot bigger purse, and it's not the same thing. And Dana made that point. Man, I can't, a quarter million dollars. It was a very fair point. It was important that he made it. It's important that you all heard it. It's important that we're all on the same page now. And I like what Wonder Boy's saying, man. You give your word and you say you're going to do something, right? It's one of those things. And there's one piss-off element to this that Wonder Boy's never talked about because he's too nice. But... From a psychological standpoint, let me share something with you, okay? Weigh-ins are between 9 and 11, wherever you are, whether you're Central Time, Eastern Time, Pacific Time, wherever you happen to be, they're 9 to 11 a.m., right? We all know this. When you have a guy that misses weight by a significant amount, and anything over a pound is a significant amount, it may not sound it to you, please take it from me. As a guy from 9 years old, every Saturday I got weighed in. As, as a guy that understands this process, okay? You guys could go lose a pound real quickly, think nothing of it. When you're at the end, one pound, you're talking about an hour of really hard work. And you might not get that pound off. You start with ounces. You will break that down to grams. 
it is, it's a different deal when you're in this position. Wonder Boy is a difficult time making 170, whether he's ever told you guys that or not. This is a tall glass of water, and he's not a teenager anymore. Michelle knew he wasn't going to make weight. Now, when he knew that, I don't know. Did he know that the night before? Did he know that at 7 a.m.? When did he know? He was over a significant amount, four pounds. I'm telling you, one pound significant. He was over four times what I'm telling, and I'm not a prude. He knew he wasn't going to make weight, and he could have made a phone call, and he could have made a deal. And Wonder Boy, who was hurting and thirsty, might have taken it. We're going to do a catch weight. We're going to move it to 75. Because this was the night before when Wonder Boy's torturing himself. When he's sweating, when he's going through whatever he's going through, he might have spotted him the five pounds, but at least he would have been given the option. So the psychological part that's going to piss somebody off, that's too nice of a guy to tell you he was pissed off, is you knew and you made me suffer anyway. You could have helped me. Now you're asking me to help you, and I'm not going to do it. So now that we all know the rules, now that we all know where the organization stands, I think moving forward, it's going to be pretty smooth. That's my prediction. What's a harder fight for Adesanya? Duplessis or Jemaya? I'm moving Paulo Costa out. I know we've got a three-way there. I'm, move, I'm moving Paulo out because of parity reasons. Adesanya has made it clear. You see, it's so important. You want to know who the, who, who's going to be next after Sean Strickland? Should Adesanya win? You want to know who's going to be next? You can play that game and you can look at the boards and you can argue and you can talk about styles and interviews and rankings. You can do all of those things that you want. The only thing that you have to know is who does Adesanya want next? That's what your answer is. So, what do you know about Adesanya? If we're profilers and we're attempting to make a guess based on history, we do know that he always goes for the hardest fight. And that's something that most guys say, but they don't do, nor should they. Every champion's job is the same, to get the biggest fight for the most money with the easiest opponent. It's just not something he does. So is the fact that he is pissed off at Duplissy is the fact that he really has next to no heat with Chemayev. Now that can change in the drop of a dime, but that's where we sit right now. Is that anger and that personal frustration that he had for Duplissy's a stronger motivator within the mind of Adesanya than that of competition? And if it's not, then who is the harder competition, Chemayev or Duplissy? Don't think you can answer that question so fast. Chamayev, and he's never locked. Duplissi just beat the hardest guy. The hardest guy and the clearest number one contender. Right. And I got to remove Colby Covington. Colby, Colby was, but he got the fight with Leon. I'm taking him off the board. The clearest number one contender is Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker could never be champion again. He will be in the Hall of Fame. Robert Whitaker is as good at fighting as I've ever seen somebody be at fighting. Truly. And he was that night, too. By the way, he didn't have an off night. Robert Whitaker looked good that night. He fought really well that night. Duplisi showed us how good that he is. I mean, I'm just bringing to you, like, it's not a simple question to say who's better between Duplisi's and Chamayo. 
But I do believe that Adesanya will make up within his mind who's more difficult, and I believe that that's the person he'll go after. As wild as that sounds, as anti-helpful to your own career as that could be, that's how he works, man. There's a fine line in genius and insanity. Adesanya is a perfect example of that. So what happens if Adesanya's evil side gets the better of him? And his evil side knows that the most damaging thing that he could do to Duplessis is not fight Duplessis. Now, that wouldn't be very in line, historically speaking, with the way Izzy operates. But we would understand it. We would understand if just out of a power position he made him sit in the corner. Now, if he makes him sit in the corner, and if that's the decision that he comes to, and see, you got to look at a calendar. The, ca the calendar will greatly help you to form whatever guess you're going to make. But I believe he's up, it's like September 20th, September 21st, September 9th, some, somewhere right in there, with Duplessis. And October, I believe it's the 22nd, is when Chemayev is up with Paulo Costa. But Chemayev and Paulo Costa have, have such bad blood. I mean, they have such heat that is so real that I imagine they're going to spend their market and their media time on each other as opposed to pulling out, hedging your bet, starting to look ahead and starting to throw in at Izzy. But that's very relevant because if they don't start throwing smoke Izzy's way, he's not going to pay any attention to him. He didn't care what your rank or who you've knocked out. He didn't care about any of those things, at least not as much as he cares about solving a personal feud. So what does Duplessis do between now and then? Does he continue to poke the bear? To make sure when the bear is angry, the bear responds to him and only him. Or does he also know that once upon a time, he had the power of the pen in his favor that wrote his name into the script, and it has not done that, and now everything he's banking on solely comes down to the call out by the bear at a very specific moment, and he'd like to be on the good side of the bear, right? I mean, it gets a little bit complicated. <laughs> it really does get a little bit complicated. And the only reason I move uh, Apollo out is Israel Asani has told us before that he would like new opponents. He was even on this Australia card. He was going to recognize the winner of Whitaker versus Duplessis, but he really didn't want it. Whitaker wasn't his first choice. And he's he's let that be known. And and who could really blame him, right? To go out and do something and be asked to do it again, then be asked to do it again. What would it be in the Whitaker? Would that be the third match or the fourth? It'd be number three. So it's a really hard guess. When you want to know who the number one contender is, when you want to know who's next after Sean Strickland, it's not a matter of resumes. It's not a matter of, of a horse trading in the back. It's not a matter of politics or games. It's a matter of, what's Izzy thinking? Adesanya has never finished a match and let it fade to black and roll the credits where we all go home without letting us know what he's going to do next. He's going to let us know if he beats Sean Strickland, if he has the interview. He's going to let us know what he's going to do next. And I know Duplessis is on the table, and I'm the one that keeps saying Chemayev. Nobody else has. 
I'm just inserting Chemayev. Once upon a time, it was said by Dana that if Chemayev goes to middle, makes a commitment though. I am a middleweight, meaning I'm no 170s out. I'm not. This is my division. That he would just need a match. He would just need a win to be able to fight for a championship. But that wasn't a promise. That was Dana getting asked a question. He spent a few seconds answering it. Then it's open to Chael's interpretation, not to mention it was two or three months ago. So now you've got Chael's memory. Like, th this wasn't locked in hard and fast. But I remember, and I recall it, that was my interpretation. So I think that we are down to Chumayev and Duplissis. And I'm not sure what's going to prevail. Record, recent memory, what have you done for me today? Or flat out spite. Both are very powerful motivators. So, Conor McGregor shows up to Anthony Joshua's boxing event. And earlier in the evening, he called out KSI. And somewhere... Throughout the evening, I believe he was with Gareth Davies, he said that uh, he laid out his roadmap, what he's going to do. He did confirm that Michael Chandler's next. He confirmed, or stated rather, he stated rather, that Justin Gaethje would follow that, and he stated that Nate Diaz would follow that. And he kind of made it sound like that would be a wrap on the career. He didn't say that, but this is kind of how he made it sound. This is the three things I'm going to do. And... I don't think any one of those guys would disagree with him. I think they all go, sure. What I must tell you is, as much as I would like this to be accurate, because the fight that I really want is McGregor versus USADA. I want this fight because McGregor's going to win, but I want, the I want it to actually happen. So... As excited as I would be that Connor's going to be fighting Chandler, they're going to be back, and it's going to be in December... And there were some things about what Connor said that did line up. I mean, if you want to chalk this up to a drunk Connor, or you want to cock it up just to Connor, Connor that's out there promoting, he says lots of stuff. He sends out lots of tweets. That's, that's what he does. I think you would be right. I think you would be right to dismiss it. But a lot of times you can look at what he said and know. You can prove or rather disprove the statement. A lot of times. I mean, I can go back to the night that he called out Frankie Edgar. Like, well, I can real easily disprove it. Frankie's 135 pounds. Connor's last fight was at 170 pounds. Like, I, I, you, right, there's things you can do. Picking December was interesting. It was interesting for a couple of reasons. First off, it showed that Connor knew the calendar. And it showed that he knew that in October, Islam's got the top bill. It showed that he knew that the guard in November... Jones and Stipe got the top billing. December, which we know there's a pay-per-view, has no mention and really not even any strong rumors right now. So it was a great one for him to troll and identify that he was going to do. Or the other option, he just gave us information. Now, that is highly unlikely, and I want it to be true. I want it to be true because that means the big fight that I really want is going to take place. Here's the thing with December. Connor versus Chandler has been speculated for that. 
And we had confirmation earlier in the week, right from Dana, that when Connor comes back, it's going to be Chandler. No ifs, ands, or buts. No conversations even taking place. Here we are. Okay, great. But Colby versus Leon is also floating around the ether. And there's no great clarity on when that is going to be. I believe that they are going to fight in December. I believe that they are going to be a main event. It is very hard for me to believe that you could have somebody like Colby Covington and put him in any spot, knowing what he's going to deliver, knowing what he's going to do, and knowing his ability to build. It's really hard for me that you put him anywhere but a main event. I mean, I could go back <clears throat> to Colby versus Masvidal. Masvidal was the BMF champion, but they didn't put the belt up. That was a pay-per-view, sold-out, attraction, main event that didn't have a title. And that's happened before lots of times on pay-per-views. Lots. But generally, when you go look at the lots, 85% of those lots were Conor McGregor fights, the biggest star in the business. So I just share for you, for Colby to have a spot like that is a major tip of the hat and sign of his ability to draw. Not to mention the heat he's got with Leon. Not to mention, how does Leon not have a match? I mean, I would just have to ask that. He won the belt in March. And it was announced that night what was going to be next. Colby was right there in attendance. He was a backup fighter. Ready to go. The, the Joe Rogan, the announcements, the headlines. I mean, everything was in place to get this ball rolling. And I never heard of an illness. I never heard of an injury. I would respect if Leon had either and didn't and kept it from us. He doesn't owe that to us. I'm just sharing for you. Let's imagine that he doesn't have either. That would be one time that he fought in a calendar year. If he doesn't fight in December, then it would still be only one time in a calendar year. That belt goes up for grabs one time. If he does fight in December, that belt goes up two times. It's supposed to go up three times. I mean, I, I'm just sharing for you. It would. I think that Colby and Edwards are going to fight. I think they're going to fight in December. I have no proof of that. And... If I'm right, and I strongly believe that I am, that would mean that Connor comes on the card, non-title fight, he goes into a co-main event. None of us, none of us believe that. So I don't know that what Connor told us was a revelation of news, which means sadly Chael isn't guaranteed the fight of Grant McGregor versus Usada, of which McGregor is going to win. I just want to see it happen. But maybe. And it does appear that he did at least reveal, right? Like, I feel when Connor does interviews and there's a camera that he's a lot more sincere with us. I feel as though when he goes on social media, he has a lot more fun. He's not looking to be quoted. He's not looking to be precise. He doesn't feel that his credibility is on the line. Just by example, I feel like he uses social media for what it is, which is entertainment. And I feel like when he speaks to us, he gets this as close to accurate as he knows. There's a lot of other factors before something comes about. So I think that there is a real truth to an eminent Connor return. I don't think that anyone's going to want to test the fight of McGregor versus Usada unless absolutely necessary. I think that's a fight we'd rather just not do. Let's just, let's just do it Usada's way just to avoid this. If it was my decision to make, that, that's the one that I would have to come to. It's not a matter of, of who's right within the bylaws. Let's just avoid it. But Connor says he's fighting in December. Those days don't work. 
unless Chael's going to get the real battle that he wants. A bantamweight battle for the belt is going down during UFC 292. Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley are going to fight for the title this Saturday. Will the current champ keep his crown? Or is it the challenger's time to shine? Get your bets in on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers, you can bet just $5. You will get $150 in bonus bets and you're gonna get them instantly. Now, I gotta tell you, I'm really looking at Ian Gary. He's a four to one favorite over a last minute replacement in Neil Magny. That chalk doesn't line up, at least not in my opinion. Neil Magny is a former top contender who won seven in a row. I think this is one you gotta take a look at. Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you do it right now using the promo code CHAIL. New customers, again, you bet just $5. UFC 292, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets and you're going to get them instantly. That's this Saturday and that's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHAIL. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to number 467-369 in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 and over in most eligible states, but age does vary by jurisdiction. Please see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash MMA terms. Guys, the number one question I get asked all the time, what's the most important habit you can build on to be successful? You know what my answer is? Sleep. I am no sleep expert, but I can tell you that for myself, I perform at my optimum level mentally and physically when I'm getting regular deep sleep. And honestly, that hasn't always been easy. This is where Momentous Sleep Pack comes in. Momentous experts created a natural ingredient combination that will help you fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up refreshed. The ingredients are so clean that they're used by the best Olympians, pro athletes, and college teams. Momentous Sleep Pack has every certification under the sun, including being NSF certified. I usually take a pack 30 minutes before bed and boom, I wake up feeling like a million bucks. If you're having trouble sleeping and it's affecting your daily performance, I highly recommend Momentous Sleep Pack. Designed by the world's best experts, used by the world's best teams and athletes, and made for all of us, guys. Go to livemomentous.com. Use the promo code CHAIL. That's going to get you 20% off your first order. That's livemomentous.com and use the promo code CHAIL.
Okay, we got O'Malley, we got Sterling, we got Saturday, but there's an overarching story on this entire thing. There's this overarching story that won't go away. And by the way, if you follow Sterling's career and you think that I don't, I'm aware this isn't the first time he said it, but it feels different. And that is, this is the last time I'm doing this weight class. Now, hold that thought. If Sterling said that for the first time today, it's Monday. If he said it for the first time today, I don't think I'd think anything of it. Might have a little fun with it, a little back and forth. Well, what if? But I, but it would be just that. It would be a what if. It wouldn't be something that I actually thought we were going to have to deal with. If he said on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of this week, I would say the same thing. Why? Because he's cutting weight. He's miserable. The champion of the world is completely miserable. He is a huge fight in front of him. By the way, that he's pretending for you guys is O'Malley. O'Malley's barely on his mind. Mark my way, he's barely, he's thinking about Friday. He's thinking about that scale. And that is a battle that we just don't see very much. We even see a ceremonial weigh-in that gets televised. Everybody comes out, they're all smiles and high-fiving their team. But that's because they're hydrated. It's a different situation. I mean, I'm just sharing for you that the fact that Sterling said this 90 days ago, that he's going to deal with O'Malley because that's on the plate. I'm not leaving now because I'm not giving the perception that I'm running from this guy. I'm going to handle my business here. The same reason he stuck around for Cejudo. I'm not going to let his, and I'm adding some words, like Sterling didn't quite say that, but I know Sterling well. This, this is what he was trying to say. I want to go to 45. Matter of fact, I got my heir apparent. The same as Khabib had his heir apparent at 55. I got mine at 35, right here, my teammate, Dishlevili. But I can't let the history books say that I was a placeholder because Henry Cejudo was gone. So I'm going to make the sacrifice. I'm going to cut the weight. I'm going to take care of Henry, and I'm out of here. Doggone it. Now I got this guy. And they brought him, and they put him in the front row, and they put him in the cage, and now they say they've already got a date. Fine. Fine. I'm not going to let history come back and say that I left because I'm going to deal with them. But it stops here, and there is there is not a next guy. Right, like that isn't established. If there's a time for Sterling to bounce, it's Saturday. And I don't bring that to you for any reason other than what if Sterling defeats O'Malley, takes the microphone, and instantly calls out Volkanovsky. We are in a very different world when the press cycle hits on Monday. Because right now, it very much appears Volkanovsky versus Islam, should Islam beat Charles. It also, to me, appears Volkanovsky in a backup position in case Charles does what Charles has said three different times, which is not even show up for the fight. And then you put in that added pressure of Justin Gaethje. One of them is going to flinch, or one of them is going to run out of patience. I mean, there's nobody that we have that likes to fight more often than Volk. Volk's only going to wait so long, right? Volk used to win title fights, go to press conferences. All he'd ask for is another fight. Volk agreed to fight Max Holloway, which was the single riskiest move of his career, regardless of how the fight turned out, on short notice. He gets no credit for this, but he should. And I tell you this because that is log jammed at 55. I don't think there's a reasonable way 
that we can give Charles the match, that we can give Volk the winner, and we can give Gaethje the winner of that. And I don't think there's a way, more importantly, of course, of course that could be done. I don't think that we can say it now. You would crush the morale of two divisions. 145 is going to speak up and say, man, you got to give us the belt back. I mean, just use Tapura for an example. He is on the cusp of a world title fight, which he earned the hard way. And whether it's an interim or it's the actual shot, he's not going to stay quiet. Everybody else might be. He's not going to stay quiet. He's right. And I just share for you, that log jam has to be solved. I think there's ways to do it. I think making one of them the backup fighter is a way to do it. I think with the landscape, right, we, we get a plan in MMA, it never happens. Put a whole card together, it never stays together. I mean, something happens. Maybe it's just one thing, but something happens, right? Look at Derek Lewis, was an undercard. Next thing you know, the Wonder Boy situation happens. Derek's not only on the main card, he's third from the top of the bill. Walking into this beautiful new contract. I mean, right, things happen real fast. And to remove one of those three, now I'm talking about Charles, I'm talking about Volk, and I'm talking about Gaethje. I'm talking about we cannot have three guys that are number one contenders at the same time. What does number one contender mean? It means your next fight's for the championship. We got three stars that are going to sit out and hang out and their next fight's going to be for the championship, which would, by definition, make them a number one contender, which, by definition, is impossible. You cannot have three number one contenders at the same time. I'm just sharing for you. It's a little bit of a problem. It's a great problem to have, but it's a problem, and it can be solved a number of ways. But taking one of those players off the board, Volkanovski, by example, nobody considered that. I mean, nobody considered taking Volk off, right? Like, like Islam is already talking about Volk. Coach Javier Mendez did an interview last week. He's talking about Volk. I didn't actually hear within Coach Mendez's interview where we talked about Charles, who was allegedly next. I mean, just by example, I think we've all let go. We've all accepted the idea. This is what's going to happen and Volk's going to go up. Well, that's true very much to an extent unless there's a new option that nobody had considered. I mean, right? We're only as good as the information that we're given. So what if you have Sterling who gets a win? That is going to make, oh, what a beautiful career. What a beautiful career Sterling has already had. But if he gets a win over O'Malley, this is in Boston, main event, pay-per-view. I mean, there's just a lot on it. And he then goes in a direction that nobody thought, right? The golden rule of professional wrestling, the reason that this is a multi-billion dollar business to this day, you give the audience what they want, but not what they expected. I believe very much that you would give the audience what they want if you delivered Sterling, who was not looking to be champ champ, by the way. He's going to actually do this the way it should be done, which is he's going to burn his ships and let one go. He's going to go in to 45 and become a 45-pounder. And for him to go after Volk, I'm sharing with you guys. You might respond to me and tell me, oh, you know, we're not interested in that. And I, th- I think that you would be. I think that you'd be real interested in that. And for that to happen, as shiny and bright as that sterling star appears to be right now, it's going to be more so if he gets a victory on Saturday. And 
the question becomes one thing, okay? If Sterling lets the belt go and becomes a 45-pounder, that's one option. Or if Sterling drops the belt and specifically calls out Volkanovski, it, it just appears to be a very different situation. He's going to have to say the name. He's going to have to call him out. He's going to have to say, I'm coming for you. Not to mention, if the champ's going to 45, he's going to have to deal with them already, and he knows that. And moreover, if Volk is making the plan for 55 and isn't coming back to 45, Sterling could take credit for running Volk off. I mean, there's a lot of reason to not just say 145. There's a lot of reasons to specifically say Volkanovski. with Ian Gary, by the way, Ian Gary versus Neil Magny this Saturday. DraftKings odds right now, I just looked at them. What do you think they are? What do you think they are? Take, take, take one second. And you'll have, you'll have two things that you need to answer here. Who do you think the favorite is? And by how much? Now, I was asked this very question before my producer told me the answer. And I said, I believe that they're damn near even, odds-wise. I believe that Ian Gary would be the favorite. And that is just something that a lot of odds makers within their algorithm and formula, they're always going to look to youth. Not to mention when there's a short-minute replacement, they're always going to favor the guy that knew about it and was preparing and training and, and peaking and these type things. So Ian Gary. I had that part right. The close... Ian Gary, are you ready for this? Is almost a four to one favorite. It's like a negative 440 to a plus 340. It's almost four to one. That stuns me. It really does. That is a disrespect shown to Neil Magny, but on the other side of the coin, that's a respect being shown to Ian Gary. Now, one thing about Ian that is interesting and I do agree with, he's better than he thinks he is. Unblemished record, says all the right things, all the right sacrifices. He comes from Ireland, he's doing his training out in Florida, he's got Henry Hoof overseeing that. I mean, just everything's going right. He's better than he thinks he is. He has said that he's going to be champion. He said these types of things, but when he broke into the top 15, he was so excited, he went and got a tattoo. And I remember seeing that as a fan and going, well, I hope you left some spots on your body because you're likely to move from 15 to 9 to 4. Right? And then what happens there? It's, it's, it's pretty interchangeable. You start to get those top five guys, and that's any given day. That does not just come down to who's the best. There's other factors. There's other time and who could be healed and who could be prepared. I mean, I could go on so on and so forth. I'm just stating for you, he's really good, and he's a little bit better than he thinks he is. Now, if you look at Magny, Magny didn't need to take this fight. Magny didn't need to take any fights. He could, he could take a break. He could take the rest of the year off. He won a bunch of fights and a bunch of moments. He's got a bunch of money. Just sharing for you. Magny knew what he was getting into. Magny saw an opportunity. Magny jumped on it. Magny believes he's going to beat him. And that matters. That matters. And sometimes I'll make that statement and you'll go, well, of course they think they're going to win. No, they don't. When two guys are fighting... 90 plus percent of the time, they both know who's going to win. And it ain't always them. 
They know. The rest is an act, a crapshoot, a sign of courage. Let's see what will happen. But they don't always know. And every now and then you get a glimpse and you get a sign. And generally they're right. It's very few times where two guys go to fight, they both know who's going to win, and they get it wrong and the other guy wins. I'll give you a great example. Nobody was more surprised Justin Gaethje captured the belt on Tony Ferguson than Justin Gaethje. He outperformed himself. It's a little bit of what I'm telling you that Gary's done. As much as he says the right stuff, he's better. He's more dominant. His setups, his length, his path, the guy's great. He's a great fighter. And even though he says, I'm telling you, he didn't know how good he was. I don't know that he shouldn't be a four to one. But when I look at that, I think he's got one dominant way to beat Neil, which is on his feet. And Ian's great there. But I couldn't call Neil Magni a slouch. Not to mention Neil could take you down. There's nothing in that ring Neil can't do. You can make it a five-round fight on short notice. Neil Magny will go hold up. Neil Magny, he was like he had seven wins in a row at one point. There was a campaign going on to get him a title fight. And it was burning hot. I mean, I'm just sharing with you. I, I realized that was a couple of years ago. I, I, I realized that things change. You have a new guy that comes up a four-to-one. DraftKings has that four-to-one. That just seems like really good money to me. It would seem like if you were a better... That's the action you take because you have to. Like, I can't I can't be in this space and pass up on that kind of chalk. It would just seem. I'm just, I'm just bringing it to your attention. And I would love to hear from Magni, like, as the week goes on. I do like on short notice fights, everybody gets asked the same question. It's very redundant. But the answers change. And the answer is very important. Were you prepared? What were you doing? And while everybody is going to tell you, yes... Broad stroke, everybody. While everybody will tell you, yes, there are some signs if they're telling the truth. There's some very clear signs. I mean, by example, if Neil Magny tells us, yes, I was prepared. I prepare all the time. I'm a professional. I'm ready for opportunities. If he goes out and tells us that, but he also makes weight, he's telling us the truth. Like, if you're not in the gym, if you're not going through those motions, if you're not out of bed in the morning, putting your shoes on, getting that work in, if you're not doing the training, you can't then make weight on short notice. Those are really good clues and really good signs. I have complete faith that Neil Magny will make weight. Neil's a professional. Neil Magny is nasty. I mean, I'm bringing this to you for multiple reasons. Not only because Neil Magny deserves more credit than being four to one, and if you have it right, and Gary's four to one, Four times better than Neil. And don't forget what that represents, by the way. Four to one is to represent absolute dominance. If you get a guy that's two to one, you've made it very clear who you think is going to win. If you get a guy to three to one, that lends towards domination and there's going to be a stoppage. Four to one, you're sure of it. Four to one, you're talking about there's going to be a 10-8 round most likely. It's for sure no closer than 30-27. Like four to one represent you get to five to one that's your way of telling the commission they never should have sanctioned the match four to one you don't think neil magny can win a round have you ever seen neil magny in a fight where he didn't win a round you don't think neil magny can be competitive have you ever seen neil magny in a fight where he wasn't competitive i mean DraftKings has its reasons but i got mine too and i did start this by saying i thought that gary would be the favorite 
I think that that youth is real, and I think that the preparation, the short numbers, I think those things are real. I think there's a very good reason that DraftKings works them into the algorithm. But four to one? I can put down five dollars, you're gonna give me twenty dollars? I just, I just think that's interesting. I think that's a big spread. And there's a few kneels in the UFC. Perhaps they have the wrong one. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. I've had it with you all, but I do appreciate you listening. I'm headed off to Boston for UFC 292. So if you want more from Uncle Chael in your life, I'll be letting you know on ESPN all weekend. And of course, I'll have another podcast for you on Friday. Until then, everybody, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.